on Cuda. School me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, spin no dough on the booty. And I'm yell, there go mace, there go your cutie. Let's just dive in, and I know it's going to be a while since we record this to when it comes out, and the election just took place, and obviously, this is something I do want to talk about, even though, I mean, like I said, by the time people hear this, it will have had some time to cool down, people will hopefully have come to uh, relax just a little bit. But I was thinking about this as I was having a text conversation with someone today. That I think we as Canadians, and I can't say definitively, but I would maybe kind of argue the same for Americans, is that we don't actually get interested in politics until a week before an election. Okay. The problem with, or a month, not a week, sorry, a month before the election. And the problem with that is... We're uneducated on politics. We don't know how they work. We don't fully understand all the platforms that these guys are speaking on. We only hear the things that the other parties are trying to tear the other leaders down about. And I also think that within three to four months, we just kind of don't care again. Yeah, that's fair. And so, yes, we all know the liberals won, the minority um, obviously, there's a lot of outrage out here out west um, to a point where, you know, I watched this video of Jason Kenney, uh, the premier of Alberta. He addressed, I don't know who he was addressing. I assume it's maybe in Ottawa, but because he was referring to Mr. Speaker. Oh, um, no, he would be in the Alberta legislature. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. But, you know, he was basically saying how he wants to formally put forward the idea of... Um, is it called equalization? Yeah. Like squashing equalization so that Alberta's okay. money stays in Alberta. Wow. Okay. Um, and I was like, wow, that's that's a that's a really strong step forward. And I guess, you know, as an Alberta resident, <coughs> I'm not exactly mad at it because it probably means more for us in Alberta. Yep. Um but at the same time, I think, you know, we're seeing some, like, really strong movements. And this government hasn't actually gotten a chance yet, you know, as a minority government to possibly work together and see some Western issues kind of get taken care of. Um, because I think at this current point, we're just convinced that because the Liberals won a minority government, that the West's issues will continue to be issues. In, I mean, namely you know, oil and pipelines and those sorts of things. And, and those are very fair issues by, by no means. So I say that they're not, um, but I think at the same time, we maybe have to give this new government a chance to act on behalf of some of these issues. Um, because, you know, Justin Trudeau has come out saying he is very in favor of this pipeline. Um, you bought it. I'm, I'm sure that the conservative government is very on board with this pipeline, um, or government or, conservative officials not the conservative government but you know what i mean mps yeah so you have to think together they can pass anything and obviously they probably are divided on some issues but in that one in particular we hope that you know this can just kind of be taken care of and and maybe move forward right 
Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know fully what the fallout's going to be. Um, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, you know, it's always interesting. Because it's like there's a lot of angry rhetoric, both sides. Um, a lot of very harsh words. I know um, it's funny how, you know, it depends on whose Facebook you're on. Because that's where a lot of people get their news now. Absolutely. So, for example, I'm talking to Brittany and she's like, boy, everybody makes it seem like it's the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody, but it's like, yo, if Justin Trudeau gets elected, this is the end of Canada. Like that level of, you know rhetoric and it's like well that's a bit much um and then on the other side people refer to uh, our previous conservative prime minister as uh, a dictator or say it was the dark years of canada and it's just like <laughs> you know there's not one side or the other there's just some people who are very passionate let's oh, just yeah. you know if we wanted to frame it positively very very passionate and um you know, it's just very, 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 very serious language, and they care a lot. Now, I think at this point, too, it changes because now it's on an issue-by-issue issue basis, right? So at the election time, we're talking about every issue under the sun. You know, and so that's why a lot of people get all riled up, and there's a decision that can be made. And now, it's like, okay, what's the next bill that's going to be introduced? What's the next change the liberals or another party are going to propose? And then, you know, they deliberate, they vote, and then we see what it's going to be. Um, and then it, it, it tempers it a little bit because there's only so many people who will care about that particular issue. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. And even then it might they might not care as much because they may not. You know, people are busy. Right. So, yeah. You know what? I was thinking about this as I was driving home today, which it's only like a four minute drive. So it's not a lot of time to think. But <laughs> I, I did think about the fact that I actually kind of like having a minority government, regardless yeah. of who's in power. And the reason being is that it forces these politicians to work together if they want to get anything done. Yeah. You you can't just steamroll whatever you want through um, the same way you can with the majority government. And it's not just your agenda that gets taken care of. And so I think, you know, if I'm from a conservative perspective, I think the benefits to it are that the liberals can't just continue to pump out whatever legislation they want they do need support from other people and depending on what they're trying to push like for instance take for instance the pipeline right yeah the ndp don't want it neither do the greens the, the neither block do the greens. don't want the it block nobody want wants it, like, it besides the conservatives so they have enough like, seats to hold it that's exactly it so then it's like okay now you got some some stuff working and then if you're the conservatives you know if you have some stuff to push through and say you get the ndp on board with your stuff then it's like you can push your stuff through too because, you know, you guys have enough seats all of a sudden to to make some noise or the block or uh, actually I don't know if the conservatives and the NDP have enough. Now that I think about it, yeah, they might not. Maybe with the block, but yeah. yeah. But I guess my point is, is that you do need to all of a sudden get along or nothing gets done. Yes. And so I I like that because so often when we have these majority governments. Um, you're either for it or you're against it. Like it's very divisive in terms of, you know, you're either on the winning team or you're on the losing teams. Like It's just one way or the other. This way, at least you're going to hopefully see some progress regardless of your party's, uh, your party allegiance. Um, because whoever's trying to push stuff through is going to need cooperation from everyone. 
Yeah, no, and I think in theory it works well. We'll see what it actually. I hope it does work well. We get four years. I remember. Yeah, my um, my hope is that it's going to work well. Yeah, and you, you know, know, I was listening to the radio today, and the guy said historically they've we've had some really good minority governments. Um, and actually, it was Elizabeth May on election night who said, I think she said this that she's okay with um, minority government because it's better than switching majorities all the time. So if we got from the conservative. She says, you know, and she described it well. She said it's these these lurches in policies where it's like the new guys come in and they clean out and they get rid of all the policies the previous guys did. And then it switches back. And then, you know, you don't get to really build up any sort of a, yeah. a experience or policy database. Right. And so it's like, OK, now any policies that are come up with that, that are developed are developed jointly. Not one party can maybe, you know, say that other party messed it up because it's like, well, no, we all kind of had to build this and. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, hopefully, you know, every more voices get represented. And then there's more buy-in because it wasn't just shoved down the throats. Everybody had to sort of have their say and voted on it. And that's their record. So they have to stand behind that policy. You know, yeah. so. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got a potential for good things. Probably take a little bit longer to get stuff done. But that's maybe okay if it's done right. Um, I just hope we don't have to go back to the polls again in another year. Oh, yeah, that would be... Waste of money. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I mean, it's nice. Our election season, for those who don't know, I think it's six weeks. We call it dropping the writ when the prime minister announces when the election is going to be. I think it was September 11th this year. And then we had the election on the 21st of October. Six weeks, that's all you get. And there's a lot of rules around that here in Canada. You can't pre-campaign. Um, you know, obviously it kind of happens, but there's some specific rules. I couldn't tell you what they are around when it's actually campaign season. Not like in the States where it's like, I don't know if they ever stop campaigning. You know? <laughs> it's like two years straight. Yeah. Of just hard I mean, campaigning. The system's a little different too, because it's like on the Democratic side, they're just campaigning for primary, not for the presidency, because they have to pick the guy who's good or girl who's going to run for president. And then it's that right. campaign that starts. And then it's like, after the president's elected, not less than in two years, then we have to elect, uh, I don't know who gets elected in the two years in between, but somebody else gets elected. And it's like, never not election season. Yeah. That gets a bit much. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. See, that's the thing. When it's just a revolving door and it just, you never get away from it. I just, I think I'd probably get sick of that a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it is what it is now and we'll have to see how it plays out. I just, I have to have a positive mindset because... You know, one, everyone around me seems to be so negative about it. But, and the reality is there's nothing we can really do right now. Like, you just have to relax, take a deep breath, and, and see where this goes. Yeah. You know, we we don't need to be hardcore separatists and start Western Canada, some new country. Like, let's just relax here, Westerners. But, Wexit. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> Wexit was trending is, hard that Is night. that what it is, is Wexit? Yeah, after Brexit, yeah. Uh, I mean, I get it. Everyone's frustrated. Everyone's mad, especially probably farmers and oil workers. And, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, give it a couple months. Let's see if something happens. I do have hope in this minority government uh, because, you know, just the way that seats are sitting right now I and numbers are sitting, I... I have hope that, that maybe we'll see some actual progress. My my hope is that we might actually see some, like, I don't know if I want to say friendship, but, like, some some partnership built between some of these parties for yeah. for the better, not just for, like, 
you know, that, that maybe our government won't become as divisive as it is in the States, where it's you're either one extreme left or one extreme right, and it's just like you're either one side or the other, and you hate what's going on in Parliament, or you love it. It's like maybe yeah. we can maybe we can all love it. Yeah, like, let's let's try and be positive at least. So no, I'm with you. So let's hope for that. Yeah, you know, let's see. Let's see. I'm not sure when Parliament starts up again or how yeah, it all, how it all shakes out. I don't know out. how that part works at all. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we will uh, we'll see what happens, and um, yeah. But let's move forward because what is right upon us, and you guys might be hearing this either. Uh, would it be right before or right after tea? Right after Halloween? I think. No, be right before. Right... If you listen to this podcast as soon as the episode drops, you're gonna drop it before Halloween. Oh yeah. Okay. Deal. Yeah, Halloween's. Uh, you know, depending on when you're listening to it, it's a Thursday this year. Um, well, I guess that doesn't depend on when you're listening. I was gonna say it's tomorrow, but. Oh, nice! I like that. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Okay, I like that. I like that. That's yeah, that's a yeah, smooth yeah. move. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, Halloween, good holiday. We enjoy it. We don't get tons of kids anymore. It seems like, and you know, we don't live in the fanciest neighborhood. Not that we live in a right. crappy neighborhood, but it's like if kids are like gathering and choosing where to go, our neighborhood doesn't make a ton of sense, you right. know. And so the big houses are down the street, a little ways down the street, and so that's where <laughs> I'm sure the kids are. Here's and the so, thing. What time do kids usually come by your house? This is always nah, my they, curiosity. They probably start around 6. Wow, that late, early. hey? No, oh, see, maybe. that's the thing. Okay. Really, that's late. So here's the deal. I was going to break this part down because I was going to be curious about you growing up in, in a big city. Um, when I was growing up, small town BC, we would go out after dinner. So it would be like 6, 30, 7. And we'd Makes go sense. Out, we go out, and it depended when Halloween falls because it's not like it's a national holiday or something like that, right? So you got to go to school the next day and stuff. So um, if it was on like a Friday or a Saturday, though, like my parents didn't really care what time we got home because we we're going to sleep in the next day, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we would walk as a group of friends around the neighborhood. No, I mean, when I was young, my parents probably came with us, but. For the most part, like parents were not with us. It was just a group of kids traveling from house to house. Now, I notice it's typically always kids with parents, regardless of the age. And at least back when I was living in Williams Lake, like even as soon as last year, it was like 4, 4.30. Uh, that seems dumb. It, like it was still people light out. People wouldn't be home. Yeah, people wouldn't be home. And... That was a thing. People like kids would walk by, and and it persisted till about six thirty seven. But like after seven o'clock, it was very sparse that we got anyone at our house. And I was like, "Well, this is kind of weird. It just didn't seem right." But that's why I was curious. Like, even when you were growing up in Calgary, I guess yeah, you know what? By that age, were you even trick or treating all that much? Uh, you know, I got to Canada when I was eleven, but conservative christian family we didn't we didn't trick-or-treat until wow we didn't yeah we didn't do anything that's <laughs> yeah, too bad it's funny though because all my nieces and nephews like all my siblings kids they trick-or-treat for sure but our parents were like no <laughs> <laughs> what about turks and caicos is how yeah, i did one down year there? 
It is. I did one year, maybe two years. I remember wearing my Ninja Turtle costume to school. Oh, nice. I remember doing the Blue Power Ranger one to school. Um, and then it was like, because it's like, we don't have neighborhoods, at least back then, especially like they do here. Right. Houses are pretty far apart. You don't know who's actually participating. So they, the school, I think, maybe made a list of all the houses that were participating. And then oh, the parents wow. just drove kids to those houses or whatever, just to make the experience happen. It was nice. Yeah. Dude. Now... Oh man, it's so much different knowing that you didn't quite get the same experience as like no, most Canadians. No, that's too bad. Because I was gonna say, I remember going to. There were certain houses you hit because they had like full size chocolate bars, not just yep. the, like small ones. The fancy neighborhoods, yeah. Or a shout out to my brother who, if we would go buy a house and it was just like a bowl of candy outside, and it was like, please take one. He would tell me hold open my pillowcase and he'd just like dump half the bowl and then I would do the other half for him. Uh, we were those guys. Oh, you guys are the worst. So, <laughs> but it's the best way to get the most candy, you know? So, I mean, but that was the thing too. You wore a costume. You always wore it to school for the day. You'd come home and maybe you had a different costume you're going to wear that night. I always needed that because my costume would get like dirty at school from like playing soccer or so you have to have two costumes, one for night and one for day? Uh, I think that happened a few years. Or I remember a big thing <laughs> was, I remember a big thing was like, uh, what was it? I ended up doing a lot of costumes where I needed like face paint or like pastel. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it was almost like, like a, a crayon. Cat. Well, I wasn't really a cat, but I can't really remember what they, I know that I was a pirate one year. And my dad, like, drew on a whole, like, I think it was a mustache and a beard or whatever. But then it's, like, that pastel gets itchy and stuff. So you, like, rub it. And then all of a sudden it's, like, smeared all over your face. And, and you look you like a uh... schmuck for the rest of the day. And, I mean, just is what it is, right? Or, like, uh, kids who used to come as vampires and their whole face was, like, painted white. Okay. And it was just, like. White face scandal. Yeah. Okay. Know? White kids with white face, you know? <laughs> or they'd have, like, the little, like, drizzles of, like, red pastel coming out their face. Nice, It'd be, like, nice. blood. You know? Yeah, it's a good holiday. I like it. It's fun for the kids. Enjoyable. See, I'm not, I'm not as crazy about it. Some people treat it like it's, like, like it's Christmas. And it's like, okay, let's relax just a little bit, folks. Yeah, I have one of my coworkers, she's super into it. And it's, I don't know, you know, you like your, it's the holidays, you like to get into it or whatever, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now here's my question for you. Okay. Favorite candy bar or sugary treat, I should say, from Halloween? My favorite. What's your go-to? I'll be honest, Brittany and I got some candy to give out to the kids. And we got two boxes. You've been, um, you've been testing it out, clearly. Yes. Uh, and it's, I don't remember what it is. I think it's Skittles, mm. Sour Skittles and Starburst. So it's just like three of some of our Ooh. favorites. And just like packages that are small enough. I was telling you about this yesterday that you don't feel guilty about it. So we've been eating the candy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Halloween yet. We've been eating it. And I'll be honest, I think we both said this is for the kids. And we both knew there's no way we're going to have enough kids to give away this much candy. But we're okay with it. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, I, I love the Skittles. I like the, I guess if we're talking chocolate bars, I like peanut butter chocolate bars. Butterfinger, um, mm. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Reese's Pieces. Good calls. Uh, Crispy Crunch. Anything that's got peanut butter, 
that's my that's my jam yeah yeah i like that i like that dude i'm a, I'm a big snickers guy yeah well there you go i like oh, snickers too love me a little snickers i like snickers a lot or, too. or the crispy crunch crispy crunch is like that's my that when i was a kid that was my go-to like if i had that opportunity yeah. it was like yes that's the money that's a good one Oh man! No, that's got this Halloween talk has got me thinking though, Maddie. This is uh, maybe you don't do this, but you know, I'm I was at Costco the other day, oh. and they got all the Christmas stuff out already. For sure. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. They moved on from Halloween months ago. Now it's time for Christmas stuff, and I mean, you know, got some kids to buy for for Christmas. Got some people to buy for. Do you budget mm-hmm. for Christmas? How far in advance do you budget for Christmas? You know what? It's funny. I was just talking to my best friend's wife about this okay. uh, earlier this week, actually. We were discussing because they have two little kids. Their oldest mm-hmm. is two and a half and is about to be, oh gosh, she'll be two and a half at Christmas, actually. And their youngest is nine, or she'll be nine months old at Christmas. So I'm always thinking, like, what do you get them for Christmas that they're going to appreciate? For probably the next three to six months. Yeah, because they're kids. They're little. Yeah, and and things move fast. Like, trends move quick for them, you know? So yeah. I always want to try and find things that are practical and that are going to have, like, a longer life to them. So for the two-and-a-half-year-old, I think I'm going to go hard with the Play-Doh. Okay. Because I feel like she's at that age where Play-Doh can be kind of fun to just, like, make a mess at the table or at in her playroom or whatever it might be. And like, I was looking at play, Play-Doh is super cheap. <laughs> yeah. You like, can make it yourself was, too. Even. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go name brand, but <laughs> not that cheap. I, uh, not, not a co-op gold Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but sculpting, I was, I was looking drawing. on Amazon and like, you can get the little cups of it, different colors and stuff like that. It's really cheap. You can get all these different little things. Like there's a, I think it said like a barber kit. So you can like cut it up with scissors and oh, run it through little man. machines and stuff. It's like, that's exactly what I want to get her, is that sort of a thing, where she's able to, like, have some fun with this Play-Doh, right? Yeah, I'm with you. But her sister, who's nine months old, it's like, what do you get a nine-month-old? Big red ball. I thought that was your Dude, go-to. it is kind of my go-to, but I need That's a birthday to... thing? No. <laughs> well, it probably will be a birthday thing for her, because I need them to be able to, like, stand on their feet. If you're just crawling with a big red ball, not nearly as cool. That's true. You're you right. get a big You're red right. ball. You got to be on your feet running around to get the big red ball. That's a first birthday present, not a not a exactly. nine month Christmas present. Nah, okay, see, that's where it's tricky. So then it's like, what do you do? I'm also thinking books, but books. She doesn't understand what the heck someone's talking to her about. Yeah, but the, yeah, oh, gosh, I mean, it's tough. It's not likely she's gonna understand much of what you give her. Yeah. But a book, maybe if you get the chance to read it to her, that's kind of nice. Maybe if she gets to keep it, you know what I've always wanted to do, and this is tough. Because kids are fickle, but get the get a kid the stuffed animal that they end up choosing is their stuffed animal they sleep with. Ooh. You know what I mean? Because that would be cool. Because that's Time the out. one. When they get old enough, they're just like, where did I get this from? Oh, well, our friend, your Uncle Tarek got that for you when you were a kid and you just loved it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's risky, though, because they have so many stuffed animals. Oh, you don't want it to get pat. You know, here's the thing. So we've had a stuffed animal in the family since my brother was born. Oh, wow. So my brother was born at three years old when I was born. He passed it down to me as a three-year-old. The, That's it's a, a deeply a it's a deeply moving uh, yeah. deeply moving story. I held on to that teddy bear till I was probably well. We won't admit what 
what year I was sleeping on the hotel because it was probably a little longer. So you moved from Williams Lake last summer. Yeah, Yeah, not quite. But it then sat in this like cedar chest in my parents' house uh, up until my niece was born. That's awesome. It was like now it was my opportunity to pass it down. So I passed it down to my niece. Uh, It was very like touching for me i don't know if they cared about like i don't know if my brother and sister-in-law really cared but it's also really? like that's cool it's also i love pretty that that's passed up. down the family yeah and so it's like i hope my niece holds on to it until you know they have another kid and maybe gets passed down to that child and like you know i just think that's a really I like that it's I a like really special a thing so i i do hope that that bear holds up and that it doesn't get destroyed or anything like that Oh, you can repair it, and, and I mean, if you just gotta hope that that's the the stuff you have choice, dude. That bear you know? is from 1986. That's like, cool, it's a, and it's still in, I would say, pretty good condition. Like, it, it's a very well, cuddly bear. So I just hope that for my niece Blake, that that's the bear she sleeps with. But I don't well, know because I don't see her that often. Right, fair enough. You know, Brittany has a similar situation. She had a stuffed animal when she was a little girl called Corky, and it's still in our room. Sometimes it's on our bed. Oh you know. my gosh, Jerk, you sleep with a stuffed animal in your oh, in your bed, bro? I don't think it actually ever keeps itself there during the night, but it's there during the day sometimes. But if this thing is shredded. <laughs> like <laughs> it is in rough shape. We're gonna definitely pass it on to any kids we have. Yeah. But we definitely gotta take it to the seamstress or stuffed animal <laughs> hospital and Dude. like some of the stuffing's out. It's only got stuffing in the hands and the legs because that's where gravity has put the stuffing and you can see through the rest of it. You know, oh, so we've gotta Fill it up. Maybe you can take it to Build-A-Bear and be like, you know, just going to perform say... surgery on this thing here? <laughs> take, take it to Build-A-Bear, take it to the bear hospital. Go, yeah, get, fill the stuffing back in and then put a new, oh, put a new shirt on it that locks it all in. And then, No, but I like that idea. I like something sentimental. I like something that it's like, okay, yeah. you know what? Big big Uncle Matt gave this to me and, and then I gave it to my little brother or sister and Here's, my dad gave it to him, and that's nice. I yeah. feel like that's a good present, you know? See, for my niece, she was, I don't even know if she was walking it for her first Christmas, but I was determined to get her set right from the get-go, so I bought her two pairs of Nikes. So I was like, <laughs> if you're going to take steps, you're taking steps in the right kind of shoes, all right? Well, fair enough. So I bought her two pairs of a nice little set of Air Force Ones. They're pretty awesome. But I got her a pair that were pink and white and a pair that were blue and white because then well one you got to have fashion choices but two depending on if she has siblings if it's a girl they can always go with the pink and white if it's a boy that boy has some blue shoes too so that he's not stuck having to wear his sister's old pink and white shoes you know yeah yeah. but again fashion choices you know you gotta you gotta be able to mix and match so i like it but it's what you're saying is you're not budgeting for christmas no, I don't I don't really budget too terribly much. The tough part is is like I only buy stuff for people where I know that they either one, they want something and they're willing to tell me what they want. I mm-hmm. don't like people who are like, Oh, don't worry about me, you know, you don't have to buy me anything, we don't need anything. It's like, Alright, cool, you're off the list. Like I'm not I'm not playing games. Okay? Yeah. If you yep. can't tell me something you want, you ain't getting nothing. Okay? Nope. Are you gonna send out a Christmas card? I don't Matt. do that, no. Was it just Matt gonna here. be me? Yeah. <laughs> Standing in like a fall forest by myself? Like with finger guns. Oh finger yeah. guns. <laughs> I was gonna say no one knows what kind of gestures we're doing right now, but let's sunglasses on. <laughs> Happy Nighttime, holidays though. from Matt. No. 
Not a, but I will say, I 2019 do, was quite the year for me. <laughs> I do appreciate the Christmas cards I get because shout out to people like our friends Pam and James who send me one. Yeah, I always enjoy Brett that. Ashley, they Pam send me one. Good about getting our address. Uh, I'm sure we got one. I love it, man. It does, it does. I do enjoy it. I do like seeing how the kids grow up every year. Yeah, um, it, it actually <laughs> means a lot to me when these people. You know, send these things. It doesn't like like it hangs up throughout the whole holiday season. The sooner you guys can send it to me, the better. It hangs up that much longer. Yeah. Let's be real. After the holidays, I'm not hanging Christmas cards. Like I tuck them away in a drawer and I'll keep them. But or at least I'll keep the photos. But uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah. keep keep them coming, folks. Either way, I you know we don't really budget tons for Christmas too because we got small families. We're lucky that way. And and we take it easy on the kids, you know. We don't have any ourselves, and so it's just nieces and nephews and and whatever. And I guess I, my my thinking was, you know, we we talk a little bit about finance all the time, and people need to not go broke for Christmas. It seems like common sense. I feel almost dumb saying it out loud. It's kind of like, yeah, man, don't do it, but don't do it, you know, like. But here's the thing: when you dumb. were a kid, Tarek, or even a teenager. Did you not want the most expensive stuff? Yeah, I wanted game systems and clothes and yeah. So yeah, mostly to... yeah. Actually, Christmas for me, I my fun like me remembering Christmas is the new game system, and then all the new games that I could play with my brothers and cousins and stuff. But you know, my life, my childhood would have been fine if I didn't get the newest. Of system. course, but you don't know that as a kid. You're not rational as a fifteen year old. No, but I feel like. You know, I don't know. I feel like a 15-year-old can maybe get, you know, I don't know if you say we couldn't afford it or it's just like, you know, you they just know that this is not something that our family affords. I feel like game systems are actually kind of different, though, because it's like if you have more than one kid, that's actually like everybody's present. Right, <laughs> right. But I mean, I don't know. Either way, it's like, ah, is it, it is, I don't know. You know, it's it just seems so cheesy and typical to say, but you know, a lot of personal finance is. A lot of personal finance is common sense that you just don't think about at the time. Yeah, it's kind it of is true. not worth it. So you probably should budget a little bit, is what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. If you plan on spending the money, don't spend money you don't have. Don't do it. Mm. You know, working when I was working in retail banking, which is a long time ago now, actually. Uh, you know, every this is a busy season coming up because people would be coming in and be like, "Well, can I uh, get a break on my mortgage payment for one month? It's Christmas. It's expensive." Or uh, can I? Get a you know a small loan to help with Christmas expenses and stuff like that, or increase my operating line limit, or I guess line of credit they would call it. And it's like, oh boy, that's not a debt in spending type of situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I get that maybe you want to have your kid have a good Christmas, but don't go into debt to do it. Cause Christmas is about family and hanging out, and I I don't know, like guaranteed. Your kids will remember that more than whatever gizmo or gadget that was cool that year that you got them. You know, that short term, like, oh, I didn't get this thing I wanted versus fun time spending with family doing fun stuff. It's definitely worth it. You know what I mean? Sorry, I'm thinking. Not convinced? Um... Not convinced? You should get that credit card, spend that money. No, I do think people need to be smart about it. But I think it's also easy to say this stuff 
when you don't have a family to buy stuff for. Like yeah, like yeah, you have your nieces and nephews and your brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and parents and yada yada yada. But it's different when those kids belong to you and you know, you have to think from your parents' perspective how satisfying it probably was to see you on Christmas morning, your eyes light up, you're so pumped and excited that it's Christmas and then they know which present they wrapped and where it's hidden under the tree, right? So they're just waiting for you to get to that one that they just know you're going to just lose your friggin' mind over. So you grab that one, you peel back that paper, you know what it is all of a sudden, and you just like go crazy. Yeah, everyone, you're a picture. everyone you're knows a picture. that. Okay, well then, if that's the case, you got to start budgeting, start saving money now. Okay, do it here's, now. Here's the other part. Some of my favorite YouTube ago. videos to watch are when kids don't get the present they want. The I I'll never forget this one where the girl opens it up. She's freaking out that she got an iPhone, and then she opens it up, and there's like two rocks to weight it down, and a set of socks in there. <laughs> and you see these like emotional roller coasters where she's oh, going funny. over the moon, and then just boom to the absolute pit. Of emotion. Her mom and dad just thinking this is the funniest thing in the oh, world. Oh, you know her dad's loving it because he got uh, clearly has a video camera out. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, oh, I have those a feeling are... she got the iPhone. That was the box <laughs> it was in. I just have a feeling. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But like, That's I love seeing funny, that. Though. Or a big one when I was a kid, actually, um, was I don't know if you ever saw this, where it starts out with like, it's not quite the size of a fridge box, but you start out with a massive box and inside yeah, they get each smaller box and smaller, just, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's just like this tiny little box with whatever inside of it. But it's just like you've made that kid like hustle so hard to get to that box because <laughs> they just so badly want the present. And they don't know if it's in that one or not. You know, the next box might have it, but it doesn't. Anyways, stuff like that. I I think there is something to that for a parent to get to witness that, their kids. See how excited their kid is. Because yeah. it's like, it's one thing when you get to see your, like I said, your nieces and nephews. They open their presents. They're excited. And it's like, oh, that's great. But it's like, if you were the one foot in the bill for that thing that they've just been dying for all year, that they can't shut up about, that they just so badly want under the tree, and then you get to see them open that, I think there's a sense of joy as a parent that you get to see through your child. No, that's fair. And so I would The way say, you paint the picture, that is exactly, you know, that is nice. It is very endearing. It's very yeah, a good experience for everybody. But then, I mean, I yeah, know, you just... you do have to budget. Don't be a dummy. Don't go into budget. debt over Christmas presents. Budget, like it's or just you know, you say, hey, one big present or a couple small ones. What's of course, it gonna be? of course, that's exactly it, right? You know, you yeah. you have to get creative a little bit too. You know, shop some deals, find some find some stuff that you know maybe they don't appreciate in the moment, but they will appreciate it over time. Those sorts of things. Totally, totally. Yeah. How do you feel about the presents? Where and I think you know I do this for my nieces and nephews with the present of like maybe you look at your niece. Or your friends' kids, and you're like, you know what, Uncle Matt, because he's an accountant, he's not going to get you as nice of a present, but he's putting money away for you for university or for rainy day, or you kind of like, eh. You know what? I think those are good presents, but you have to really sell the kid on them. Like, I was living with these wonderful people last fall, and their granddaughter was turning, I want to say 10 or 11. And so I was talking to her, I said, well, what do you what are you hoping for your birthday and all these sorts of things she was telling me about this and 
And she, I said, you know what? I said, this is what you should ask from your grandma and grandpa for your birthday is some stocks. And she's okay. like, what the heck are those? And so I was like explaining. I said, you know what? It's not going to be something you get to see right away, but you just keep asking them to contribute to it. Every birthday, every Christmas that they buy you some equity in companies and that by the time you're 18, you'll have this big lump of money, hopefully, provided the market does well. I mean, she doesn't understand all this, but that you'll be able to either use it towards getting a debt-free education or maybe you get it and you want to buy a car or you want to go travel the world for a little bit right after high school. I said you're not going to you're not going to get to see it right away, but you'll get to see the benefits of it later on down the road. So I think I got her sold a little bit on it. Um and I said, you know, there's these fancy things called dividends that if you have enough, you know, stock, oh, they, they kind Teaching of pay you out a little bit hey? so that, you know, as you're going through high school, maybe you get a little bit of, you know, walking around money and, you know, trying to explain to her, like, there are benefits to having an investment portfolio, even at a young age. Like, yep. Yeah, you're going to have to pay tax on it, kid. But the fact is, you'll still be far more mature and far better off financially than a lot of your friends at that age. So absolutely, I think it's if you educate kids in those in that sense, like yeah, it could it could actually be of great benefit. If you're the parent, no, 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 that's not a parent present. It's a grandparent. That's an aunt and uncle present. Oh, interesting. You don't think yeah. it's a parent present? I uh, guess you're right. Parents should, if you're saving for kids for whatever, dude, do that. A parent Anyways. present is the light up your eyes on Christmas morning. The surrounding family members, they're the ones who get to do like the corny presents that. Like I just said, don't pay off right away, but they're going to appreciate it. <laughs> you know, the teddy yeah. bear, like we just talked about, you know. Yeah, I'm with you. It's those things. You know, for listeners who, I think I probably have said this previously, but maybe, you know, if you don't want to go back, that's what I do for my nieces and nephews, or Brittany and I do. I remember the first year we did it, we gave him a big certificate, a stock certificate framed and tried to explain it to him. Um, <laughs> and they were like, cool. And they put it up in their rooms. Um, but then my one, my one nephew was like, so, <laughs> so can I take this out and buy a video game? <laughs> I was like, what? No, no, man. Yes, yes, Stay yes. in there until you're 18. Uh, so <laughs> he's just like, there's gotta be some way for me to get at this money. <laughs> yeah. Also, what does this do for me right now? <laughs> like, he's just like, the wheels are turning. Right. And so, and it's like every Christmas, every birthday. And I have to, I want to sit him down and tell him like, Hey, this is what we've done. But then here's the issue we ran into the next Christmas. That was the plan. I didn't get these kids anything. We contributed. Yeah. And then my niece walks up to me and she sits down and she's being all sweet and she's being all cute. And she says, Uncle Tarek, I can't wait to see what you got me for Christmas. And she puts her head on my shoulder and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to sit and get you anything. I mean, this is the balance <laughs> in your account. What do you think about that? <laughs> Let me show you what you're sitting at, all right? Yeah. yeah. This is and the so gift that keeps like, on giving, uh, okay? Yeah. And so now we've, um, you know, and Brittany has the temper and she's got to be like, Terika, you can't start just dropping dropping money every time one of your nieces or nephews gives you goo-goo eyes, okay? You've got to. Oh, come on, Brittany. <laughs> I know, your buzzkill over here. Yo, we put the money in. You can't double dip. I'm like, I know, but look how sweet they are. <laughs> Dude, just buy them stocks that are going to pay dividends quarterly. So they have some money in their pockets and then be pumped that they're getting a check. So. Thanks to Uncle Tarek. You know, I'll tell you the truth. The practicality of buying stocks doesn't make a ton of sense. 
you know, yeah. eight dollars. That eight dollars a a share a purchase. Yeah. Right. So you know, fifty bucks is what we put in. So that means you know, at a cost of eight dollars, I'm buying shares. So at fifty bucks, I'm down sixteen percent immediately. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and so it's like well, that's you a big have to hurdle. Contribute more. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I could maybe hold it all together and then batch it and then make it worth it. You know what I mean? But it's just like uh, the logistics of it when you're paying eight bucks a uh, eight bucks a eight trade bucks a transaction and seven bucks a transaction. You know, it's just like well, it doesn't make sense it, when you when you're doing it fifty bucks at a time. Yeah. So I don't know. I uh, put in high interest savings. Here's the thing. My grandma was like that though. My grandma used to buy me. Um, Canada Savings Bonds. No, she used to put money away every Christmas and every birthday for my education. Okay. And then when I turned 18, she just kind of said, here, you can have this if you want it. So it, it went towards my, my college education. I'm you know forever grateful that she was willing to contribute to that. And... You know, she would also send like $20 in a card sort of thing and a tin of cookies. That was always the big thing, was like a tin of grandma's baking. Oh, that's nice. But the thing too is like kids also have to understand that like presents come in different forms. Yeah. It's not always going to be this big shiny box under the tree um, that they get to open and then they're bored with in, in two to three weeks. It's like you got to slowly become to appreciate like what it is that you're getting the thought the thought behind it is so much more you know my here's a funny story for you my great grandma who i Mm -hmm. maybe saw twice in my whole life before she passed away i remember being i don't know i was maybe 13 or 14 i'm already over six feet tall i'm a pretty big kid um and she sends me and my brother pajamas nice but she sends like children's medium-sized pajamas <laughs> <laughs> that are made oh, for man. like an eight-year-old. <laughs> You're like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I open this thing up. My parents are just dying laughing at these things, <laughs> and my mom's like, "What the?" And I was like, "Mom, what am I supposed to do with this?" <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's a joke I tried putting on the shirt. <laughs> That's it was too just funny. like, oh man, it's so tiny. It was like I would just rip right through this thing. But, uh, yeah, no, these, uh, yeah, my gra- <laughs> my great-grandma, who, she just didn't know who I was, how big I was. She never, she saw, like, a picture, but, you know, but it was the thought behind it. It's like, oh, thanks, Grandma. Like, yeah, semi, the thought. semi-pajamas. That That's I funny, though. That. That's funny. But, yeah, <laughs> just so tiny. It was great. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's nice to try and be thoughtful, whatever that looks like, and think of something that's maybe got a little bit more longevity to it, but... Maybe I should have bought a dividend-paying stock so I could give them dividends. Dude, something, something they recognize. You're like, you some want cash something they can, in their pockets, they can think about Telus huge. or Bell yeah. or something. No, dude. And then you know, then they're talking to their parents. They're going, "Hey, mom and dad, go with Telus. Come on, put a little more money in my pockets, okay? <laughs> Line these pockets with gold here, okay? Yeah, there you go. You know? there you go. Can't That's can't funny. be having you paying the the, the competitor here. No kidding. No kidding. Oh, well, you know, we're getting to the end of our episode here, but we should have used this time to maybe talk about our ESPs, mm. uh, Registered Education Savings Plans, because we're talking about kids, but I guess... Do you want to give them a crash course? Do you want to save that nah. and we'll actually break it down a little bit more? Later on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you might be better suited for it. I mean, it's a tax thing. 
Well, you know, to an extent, it's a tax thing, but we could we could kind of tag team it. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to have you kind of explain it all, and I can give people kind of an explanation of of how it can be beneficial tax wise. Absolutely, it's a great but, program. Uh, absolutely, oh, hundred percent. If you are a young parent, building some sort of an RESP for your children is a huge help, and you don't have to put away thousands of dollars at a time. It's just small amounts, but we'll get into that another time. Um, but all I can say, you know, if you don't know what RESPs are and you have kids or a niece or a nephew or a grandchild that's very near and dear to you, and you know for a fact that they don't have an RESP yet, go talk to your bank and get one set up for them. Let the parent know, unless you are the parent, then you should probably clearly know. Yep. You need just, the kid needs to have a social, that's it. But And they can only have one. That's the big thing. So that's why it's important that people are aware that if you've set one up for a kid that they can only have one in their name oh i didn't know that yeah i I didn't break that rule (laughs) so that's why if you've if you set up resps for your nieces and nephews you should probably talk to the parents and let them know and double check that yeah i told them but i'm the finance guy in the family right (laughs) right yeah, it's true. It's true. You know what I mean? So it's but like... it's it's also just it's super important that people know all that sort of stuff. But uh, at least I'm pretty positive you can only have one per per child. Yeah, that sounds one familiar. per beneficiary. Kind of makes me sad that they don't have one. Nah. What? Either way, it doesn't matter. They don't have one. Well, because I have I have it set up. Oh, <laughs> well. Here's here's my thought on RESP. Sometimes though, I almost think that it's better to set up some sort of investment portfolio for them at a young age rather than an RESP. Well, and this can... is my thought T. Okay. Hold on. Because not every kid wants to go to college right out of high school. It's true. It's and true. so maybe that kid wants to go and, you know, travel Southeast Asia or Europe or South America or whatever for 6 months to a year. On your dime? No. Come on, man. On that that fund is built for, you know, their experience right whether it be education or whether it be something they want to go do and travel right yeah if you're a hippie parent like you oh man i would 100 percent be that parent i would be be like like, yo here's five plan on going to school you can use this money for that if you're planning on traveling and then going to school you can get a job (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's kind of well actually that's very true you know here's the thing you're better off saving for a year go travel for three months or six months or whatever and then go to school debt-free because you do not want student loans because those will just ruin your damn life for a good chunk (laughs) of your adulthood i have a lot of friends who have them and it just sounds like they never go away that's tough um either way you know you make a good point there's some rules around the resp that makes it tougher but i still think it's a better bet because you can have an investment portfolio in there that's robust well diversified and all that and the only consequence is and it grows tax-free yeah. the entire time, which is huge. Um, it's just huge. And the only consequence, if you don't use it for school, is you give the money that the government gave you back. Yeah. So you aren't any further behind. <laughs> it is It is kind of true. It is kind yeah. of true. That's a good point. It's, the kid, though, does any money taken out of there is income for that kid during that year. But, you know, it should make a ton of money anyways. So Yeah. Well, yeah, so that's what it is. Anyways, folks. Tax-free growth. That's exactly it. Now, if you like what you heard, feel free to, what is it? Hit subscribe. That's the first thing you should do. Definitely subscribe. Leave a review. Leave a Hit rating. Leave on Instagram. 
here's the thing. I know that we have a five star rating. I'd like to keep it that way. So please keep giving us five star ratings. <laughs> if you don't like what you hear, send us an email. Do not rate us on the on the app. <laughs> well, no, I mean rate us, but give us five stars. You know. Yeah, and then tell us what you don't like. So yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah, you know the big fair. the big thing too is you know hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on Instagram. I don't really check our Twitter account. Can't stress that enough. But if you do want to hit us up on t- Twitter, <laughs> Can't stress that enough. I will Man, check it. I check it. Media, I check it like once right a now. week, maybe after. once every two weeks. <laughs> you should I, be tweeting stuff at people, just trying to piss them off. <laughs> just become a troll on Twitter. Yeah, just, that's how you get. That's how you get big. <laughs> so, say really mean and. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to hit us up with an email, I'm down with emails as well. Actually, I don't even know if I have access to our email. You might be our email guy, but no, I actually have it on my phone. Just kidding. Um, yeah. Set us up, talk to me podcast with the number two at gmail.com. You can um, definitely slide into our DMs. Our defenses are down on yeah. Instagram. I'd write I, in. <laughs> I love when people message us because, you know, I have some great conversations on Instagram and whatnot um yeah hit us up let us know what you like let us know what you don't like tell me if you think that my perspective on our political outlook is complete trash if well i mean maybe don't go too hard because i don't really have the time or patience to deal with that but i'm willing to have a little bit of a little bit of banter and conversation about politics after a while i'm going to turn it over to Tarek though because i'm sure he is probably far more interested in it than i am but uh yeah let us know what you guys think and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Hold me down, cooler. Yeah, to the game. Now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, finna dough on the hootie. Yeah, we're gonna make there go your cutie.